So North Korean hackers apparently stole almost 400 million in crypto in 2021. And uh, even though that was 100 million more than they did in 2020, it's still not as much as they stole in 2018 when apparently over 520 million was stolen. Um, North Korea has always tried to find ways around their heavy sanctions placed on them by the U.S. and obviously a bunch of other countries around the world. And crypto presents an avenue that has been extremely profitable for them to the tune of about $1.5 in the past five years. Um, most of these uh, hackers are either part of groups called Lazarus, Hidden Cobra, or Apt38. And some of the members of these groups are under indictment currently for being involved in the deployment of the WannaCry ransomware worm back in 2017, which infected over 200,000 devices in 150 countries. If you remember that one, I'm pretty sure it had a big issue with the hospitals because it started shutting down machines and claiming that they needed to pay 300 to 600 bucks in Bitcoin to open them back up. And I remember that being a major issue when I was out in Colorado still. But um, mm -hmm. for the first time since they started tracking North Korean thefts, Bitcoin no longer represents the majority take. Uh, Ether takes up close to 20% or 60% with ERC-20 tokens making up another 11. So that's almost three-fourths of what they're stealing is Ethereum tokens. Um, the company that has been tracking the North Korean hacks over the last five or six years says that they linked seven hacks in 2021 to North Korea based on mal malware samples, hacking infrastructure, and following the stolen money from blockchain addresses to North Korean co controlled addresses. And like the one thing I found really interesting that I dug in a little bit on was the one way that they wash, because I was really interested in, yeah, they're stealing the crypto, but like, how do they wash it? And either... Apparently, they're either sitting on it for like five or six years, and then they move it over to some type of money launderer, most likely in you know Thailand or China or something, because they have more friendly casinos where they can exploit the exchanges that have you know different currencies that have less than stringent know your customer regulations. So I know that they've caught a few guys doing that, but I mean, you can wash hundreds of millions of dollars in casinos if you know who owns them and you're doing it right. What do you think about all this? Yeah. Um, it appeared that a lot of these hacks were successful on very new exchanges, exchanges uh, that did not have the level of security that you might find at a Coinbase or a Binance, something like that. So. Um, I have other interesting, you know, thoughts that I think were interesting about this, but if there's a call to action for anyone listening, it would be if you're operating on a new exchange, take some extra time to add in a few extra layers of protection, maybe even a cold wallet, uh, a hard wallet, as some people might call it, because, yeah, there's vulnerable spaces. Not all spaces are created equally when it comes to security and crypto. But uh, that out of the way, I thought it was... Uh, uh, you mentioned hackers and I think going back through the years of the last 10, 12 years, the first dozen times I heard about Bitcoin, it was usually when, yeah, these North Korean hackers or maybe some other hacker group would try to take a ransom out at like a hospital or like a city government even. And their demands were, it must be in Bitcoin. It was the <laughs> it was the way they wanted to get paid. It was how they were going to get their money. And uh, 
So now it's it's it, and now here we see the North Koreans. They have a clear maybe it's not a preference, but most of their take has been in ether <clears throat> and ERC twenty tokens. Only about twenty percent of their haul was in Bitcoin, so their portfolio is definitely shifting. Um, I don't again. I don't know if that's just what was easier to get their hands on, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, all in all, though, I mean, they've taken, what, $400 million, and that's a lot of money to you and I and to anyone individually. But when you're talking about a country that's seeking to develop a nuclear weapons program and <laughs> legitimacy on the world stage, you could burn through $400 million pretty quick, uh, especially when your population's starving and uh, your leader has some very expensive tastes. So. Um, Definitely sucks for those who had their money stolen. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, we'll see if this I, can... Uh, I just looked it up, and I was wondering whether there would be a GDP figure for North Korea because there... of all of their whatever, and it's saying $19 billion for 2021, which I'm sure is a guess. But, yeah, that's peanuts in, uh, in thrown in the ocean. But to your point earlier, yeah, I mean, with the exchanges and those lesser-known exchanges, it's kind of... You just need to run your risk versus reward. Like, what are you gaining from being on those websites compared to being on, you know, a more, even if it's a little bit more stringent, like a more historically based that they haven't had any issues, been along for a long time. Because I remember earlier on, I got taken on a few of those websites and I was like, yeah, the risk isn't worth losing all of my, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, even holding it on Coinbase for fucking seven, eleven percent is a lot better than losing everything. Yeah, exactly. I, I think we are having this discussion in the Discord. It's mm-hmm. um, it's kind of a, a security versus um, being able to do what you want. Security versus freedom. Right. Which kind of actually segues into my article pretty well. If uh, if you're ready to move oh, on, yeah, no, that was beautiful. You should have gotten paid for that. <laughs> well, uh, my story has a little bit uh, more to do with uh, IT and uh, security on the internet more generally. But uh, the UK government is trying to dissuade public opinion against end-to-end encryption. Now, uh, for those who don't know, end-to-end encryption is the gold standard for protecting communication. Only people who can access the data. The only people who can access the data are the sender and the recipient. The ideal version of this would involve decryption at the device level, whether it's your smartphone or your computer. Uh, And this utilizes the private public keys that should be familiar to really anyone in crypto. Now, the UK government is against end-to-end encryption for communication. Their main target right now is Facebook because Facebook is trying to transition their messenger app to -to end-to-end encryption. And, uh, for reference, so does iPhone, Signal, and Telegram. They already use end-to-end encryption, so this isn't really anything new for larger tech companies. But the UK government's intention is to paint end-to-end encryption as a tool, and they're very, very explicit. If you read the details of the article on what their um, marketing campaign is going to consist of, their intention is to paint end-to-end encryption as a tool that will make child rape, organized crime, and terrorism easier or inevitable. And this is really right out of the playbook that we in the United States are very familiar with, one that we've seen run in the 20 plus years since 9-11, that 
if you do not make the job of law enforcement easier, then you're effectively just opening up the door for children to be raped, for bombs to go off, and for criminals to run rampant. And it, uh, it's really just a justification for bulk data collection, which is, goes back to everything the NSA and the FBI have done here. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The Europol, the European police, are trying to do that as well right now. So it's just, it's a little exhausting to see we're still fighting this battle 20 years on after 9-11 that every every argument boils down to, well, do you want to let the terrorists win? So interesting to see that the uh, British are dealing with this too, though. Yeah, they're taking a page out of old Uncle America's book. Uh, the line that killed me the most was, uh, the opening phase of the campaign is expected to launch within a couple of days and the push will appear to result from grassroots action and child charities while downplaying any government role. And like what you were saying is if you can't be forthright and truthful, even in your delivery about the information you're trying to get out there, what are you really trying to do? You know, if I don't know. I hate the hiding behind smoke and mirrors and making it seem like this when it's actually that. And it's exactly like you said, if you don't agree with this, you're unpatriotic and hate your country. That's how they phrase it. And that's how they try to make it seem like to everybody else, which again, I don't agree with at all because you're just further dividing already divided countries, but I don't know, man. It's yeah. If, if everybody in, tech not everybody but if most people in tech and like in the know think moving to end-to-end encryption is beneficial to like humanity and people as a whole i don't really understand throwing the children under the bus and like their campaign like they've got a visual campaign and all this other stuff and it's just like man you guys are really it reminds me of like what they did with like cigarettes and like drugs in the united states in the 70s where it's just like hard opposite direction where in 20 years you know drugs are legal in half the United States and, you know, in 20 years on down encryption is hopefully a normal thing that isn't really talked about as a specialty. I, I hate them bringing the kids into it to pull the heartstrings. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, so for anyone who thinks that this is just going to be a regular ad campaign, what, uh, the marketing company that has been hired is intending to do is to go out into public with very large, uh, living, displays they're going to hire actors a adult man and a child to sit at computers in a giant glass box this glass box can go from transparent which is what glass usually is to completely dark and so that you can't see inside and what's going to happen is this <laughs> this adult is basically going to keep creeping on this kid and giving him like i want to fuck you eyes and then the glass is going to like go black. So this is like people are going to be walking on the street and they're going to see the this very visceral in your face ad campaign. And it's interesting because some of the notes uh, from the marketing company who presented their pitch to the government, those notes were released. And one of them, they said that they do not want to start a privacy versus safety debate. Apparently, they just want their citizens just accept end-to-end encryption is terrible but but i mean this is this is what I mean, this is the heart of the defining question really of like your and my generation as millennials 
9-11 completely redefined the relationship between the government and their citizens. And for Americans, safety was now an illusion. And we need to let our, our all-powerful government off the leash. And there was no cost that we couldn't bear. While other countries, if America could be attacked, well, anyone else would be an easier target. And so it just seems like looking back, safety ultimately won out over privacy at the very moment when our early online existence was beginning to walk in 2001. And 20 years later, the government still wants us to believe that we're just enabling child rapists. So it's tough. I couldn't agree more, brother. <laughs> Would love to see end-to-end encryption just be, be everywhere. Because, you know, people have had private conversations throughout human history. It's not like the government has always been able to listen to everything we've said. So this is really nothing new. It's just going back to the way things have always been. Exactly. Just uh, resetting the status quo. Yeah. Well, anything else to add, bud? I don't think so. I'm, uh, I, there was one more thing I wanted to bring up just with you brought up the visual with the glass and going opaque with the man and the child. The other thing they're having is that digital counter that counts up to 14 million over the course of 24 hours. And that's apparently the number of incidents of potential exploitation the government believes could be missed as a result of expanded end-to-end encryption. So that's like, where the hell did they get 14 million? Yeah. It just seems so loosely based to make their point that they don't even care. I don't know. I, I, I don't like this type of... Well, you said, okay, so the point they're trying to make is, look, if you handcuff us, if you don't allow us, if you freeze us out with end-to-end encryption, 14 million instances of communication every day are going to happen that might be a child being exploited. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like if 14 million times a day children were actually being exploited, this would be a very weird, different, disgusting, disturbing world we lived in. So. That feel like that's just the government outing themselves saying like, oh, well, we usually collect 14 million <laughs> communications a day and we're just assuming those are all, you know, pro- we qualify those as probable cause. Exactly. And when in reality, what? I mean, again, not to dismiss that children being abused online is bad, but no, to me, I'm that- sure it happens in troves and we're privileged to not know of, you know, yeah. just how often it happens. But still, 14 million in 24 hours seems like a very bland uh, point to try and sway over parents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's just it's a fear mongering campaign and we'll see if it works. And but- shit. I mean, me and you are recent parents, so this is right up our alley now. But the well, other thing is like. Not a lot of people know what end-to-end encryption is yet, so it should be fairly easy for them to sway opinions of people that just have trust in the government, which is probably like, I don't know about the UK, but I know in the US it's probably like 20 to 40% just blindly trust the government. Right. But I go back to the fact that the iPhone messenger, as well as now Facebook messenger being encrypted, and you're right. It's one of those things I don't think people consciously think about but so there is an opportunity for someone like the government to come in and tell them a, a story that right. isn't true but at the same time it it's also very powerful to go to someone and say well you know you already use this like if you have an iphone you use end-to-end encryption and so it's not something you have to do it's just a technology that can be employed for your benefit and i yeah i guess it's up to them whether they think they're enabling 
uh, child rapist next uh, Osama bin Laden or not. Yeah, exactly. But, all right. Well, it's good to talk to you today, bud. Uh, we'll right. be back tomorrow. Got Alter launched this week. Go check out Alter. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. So thanks. Sounds good. Thanks, guys.